Hello, everybody, and welcome to an exciting and new addition to the Back to the 80s competition. I'm here with the amazing, talented, and beautiful Judge Angel. How are you today, sweetheart? Hey, I am doing great now that I'm talking to you, wonderful. Likewise, sweetheart. So we're going to kick off this competition with a little bit of small talk, as I like to call it. Um, Angel, what do you think was one of the most pivotal moments of the 80s, in your opinion? I lost you for a second. Do that one more time. (laughs) (laughs) What was the most pivotal moment in the 80s, in your opinion? And it doesn't have to be like historical or anything. It could just be something that impacted you personally the most. That is a good question. Oh, okay. Here we go. The most pivotal moment that changed my life was the Walkman. (laughs) (laughs) Great answer. Walkman. The Walkman was such a game changer for me because I mean, all of us, all of us obviously love music so much. And I mean, you know, you had the boom box or whatever, but I mean, you're not going to carry that everywhere you go unless you're like dedicated to it. And it's usually just one person in the group that brings it. It's not like, hey, you know, I'm going to walk by myself, but you know, just doing regular activities, going for a walk, going to the store, going, you know, anything that, you know, didn't require your car. And, you know, I was walking, I was a kid. So, you know, having that Walkman was life. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I must have been really poor because I don't ever recall having a Walkman ever when I was a child. Or maybe I was just too young because I was born in 85. So I don't remember a lot of the 80s. But if, if I had to, like, pick a pivotal moment for me, it probably would have to be, like, cartoons because cartoons were everything in the 80s. Yes. Yes. Like, they were making the best cartoons in the 80s. And just to backtrack a little bit what you were discussing earlier about, like, the convenience of the Walkman and all of that, I completely agree. And just just keep in mind all the people, like, in the 60s and 70s that did not have the Walkman or any kind of mobile device to use to listen to their tunes – how miserable all they had was like the radio and you know to go home and listen to it or listen in the car and i i love music so much that i just could not imagine going without it you know that right (laughs) now you can just pull out your phone and you're like okay i'm gonna listen to the song or even if you have like a song in your head and you're trying to like talk to your friend about it like this song was banging let me show you this song no you don't have anything to show that song it's like oh i'm gonna find the cassette oh no i gotta record it off of you know the radio or something Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I completely agree. And uh, when I was young too, and I wanted, and something came on the radio, I would, you know, record it on my, um, my tape right? cassette, you know, and make my little mixtape. Uh, it's just so funny how like times have evolved so much at such a like quick pace as far as technology and, and music and entertainment and all of that. It's just mind boggling that just, you know, 15 years ago, things were nothing like they are now, you know, it's just so different. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a really good question because now it's got me started. Thank you, sweetheart. Like, you know, thinking about getting into the '80s vibe, getting into the '80s mood, and remembering the things that you know, the the certain things that we had to do in order, and we got by with it. We didn't, we didn't miss it. We didn't. We were just like, this is life. But now, if I was like in a time machine and I was forced to live in the '80s for a week, I'd probably die. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would probably die. But I would have money. I mean, like, oh, this is only 56 cents? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we were so accustomed to those times that anything that was different from what we were used to was seen as boring, right. you know? And we were just so used to it that we loved it, you know? And we didn't see anything else other than what, you know, was at our disposal. <laughs> right. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. It, it's really, really crazy. <laughs> and I just want to switch. I, I just want to switch gears a bit here and talk about like competitors that, uh, in our opinion, are really like the front runners of the competition and and also competitors that have grown and that we've seen growth. A few that stick out to me is definitely Sunshine Lady yes. because she's always consistent. She's always in the top five every single week. She was in uh, she was number one in week one. And then she was number five in week two. And now in week three, she's number three. So she has a consistency there. Another competitor that I feel is really, really consistent is Beavenator. And the thing with Beavenator is he started in week one, still really good with his numbers, you Mm -hmm. know, with his scoring. But as it went on, as he went on, it grew even stronger and he climbed up the ranks a bit and Especially week two, I saw a huge improvement with him. And then even week three, he's just he's earning those bonus points that are really helping as well. But even without the bonus points, he is still a front runner and he's doing amazing. Another really great competitor is Coco. He's been really consistent and really getting those scores. And there's just so many great ones. Wes is another Uh, one. See, you're naming all my people. (laughs) (laughs) I'll stop. Let me name one more, though. Let me name one more, though. Misty mm. is mm-hmm. incredible. She is always up there, too. So I'm going to leave it to you now because I don't want to name everybody. Oh, I'm just going to follow back up on some of these people because you are absolutely right. And I think a, another thing, let me, you know what? I'm going to even take it a step further because some of these people, you know, like their voice is already on lock, you know? It's they're they're coming in with that pitch, with that timing. They got that. They're using their tools. But I think the other thing that they're they're recognizing is, you know, at first I felt like in week one, they were like, this is not a regular competition. I got to sing 80 songs. This is not in my wheelhouse. This is not the thing. The difference between some of these people that we've mentioned and and, you know, just, you know, people that are just singing the song is that they are adapting to that 80s vibe and they're portraying and interpreting that 80s vibe. And, and as weeks go on, they're finding that comfort level. Like, for instance, Beavenator, okay? His voice, is got, he's got that rock type kind of, like, his voice was already 80s to me. When I listen to him, I already think, oh, man, this is an artist from the 80s. Like, I, he, there's something about his little raspiness, that rockish kind of, you know, just, it is, it. Once he found out that, you know, hey, I can use this voice to my advantage, I think that's when he started climbing up. And and it wasn't so much that he was changing his style. He was just picking the right songs to accentuate what he was already doing. Oh, man, you mentioned Wes. I was in love with Wes's voice from point blank. I was like, you know, so there, there, there are, you know, more pop songs 
because obviously they're popular. So we wanted to give everybody a chance. I wanted to give everybody an equal playing field on, on doing a song that they feel comfortable with. But Wes, he's like, I don't care what you put in front of me. I'm going to make it what I make it. And that's what I appreciate about his voice. You don't have to put a country song in front of him. You don't have to put a rock song. You don't have to put a pop song. You could put anything. You could put Mary Had a Little Lamb in front of him. And he will just take that song and put it to the next level. That's why I was always a big fan of Wes from the beginning. I, I, the first time I listened to Wes was Woman by uh, John Lennon. And when when I listened uh-huh. to that song, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, he's got it, he's got it." <laughs> yeah, and he he's just incredible. And uh, you know, I have to say this because when you were talking about you know how people are adapting and people are learning, because as we see, they are really growing, and we're seeing new. Uh, new things they're trying and experimenting mm-hmm. with. I just want to say, do we share a brain or something? Because <laughs> everything that you say, everything that you say, I am thinking or pondering, and you get it out before me. <laughs> That's because you know we we do we do. We, you just you just didn't know this yet. I already stole your brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would make sense. You know, you're one step you know in front of me. But I completely agree with you, sweetheart, about them adapting and experimenting and growing because they're. I, I think that they're realizing that it's not so much a technical competition, but more so a creative yeah. competition. Like you can only get so far in being technical with, with pitch and timing. Yeah, you can nail that. But if you're lacking in the charisma and creativity, you're not going to make it to the finals, let alone win, because we want the whole package. We want you to be able to hit the pitch, the timing, be creative and add um, emotion and feeling into what you're singing. So you got to be able to inject all of that into mm-hmm. your performance. And I think those two, they definitely understand how to do that. One, another person I do have to mention that you haven't mentioned yet, and that's Cospat40. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but she has a very distinctive voice that is her own. And she, she doesn't change it. Per the songs, you know, every song that goes by is not like she's changing her voice or that. See, that's what I used to do in the competition. I used to change and adapt and, 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 you know, kind of go with the flow of the song, but she doesn't, she takes her voice and she finds the song that matches it. And I think that's, that's also, I'm, I'm not saying that each approach, I don't think her approach or my approach or are any like higher than the other i think it's good to change your voice when you have to to set the mood but at the same time i think it is a very good uh strategy in this competition to to be comfortable in your own skin you know what i'm saying like she she is she's so her voice is just it's 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 rock it's just it's it's gritty it's grimy it's 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 not, you know, it's not that wispy, pretty, you know, like when you hear her, you're like, oh, damn, who's that? You know, like, <laughs> she, yeah, she she's really up there on the ranks. You know, I'm looking at all the sheets and she's been consistent as well. So that is a, another great one to to name as well. And like you said, it's all about like uniqueness. Like we want to hear voices that are not you know, of the norm. We want to hear voices that when we hear them, we're like, 
how is this voice coming from this person? This is just incredible. Like, it's just so unique. And that's why a lot of people hate on me. A lot of people hate on me because what? I love this artist. <laughs> uh, but I... I love Macy Gray, and I don't care what anybody hey. says because her voice is so unique. It's like her voice is like no. Uh, when you hear her, you know it's Macy Gray because nobody sings like her, and that's what mm-hmm. I love. I love people that just have their own signature. Like there are singers out there that you hear them on the radio and you know they're them. One of them yep. is Cher. You know when you mm-hmm. hear Cher, you know who the fuck no it is. There's no question. You know it's Cher. Michael Jackson is another one. <laughs> yeah, like there's, and, and that's what I love. I love voices that are n- like out of the norm and different and, and, and cost flat. I, I don't know how to say her name, but you know, I'm sorry if I butchered, you know, me too. Sorry. The pronouncing it or whatever, but she is incredible. And all the competitors that we named are incredible. And, and that's not saying that everyone else that, is not as consistent is worse than them. They just haven't found their footing yet. You know, they just haven't found their groove and it takes time to find your groove in a competition, especially if you're a a first timer competitor, Mm -hmm. like it may be really overwhelming the first few weeks and you still are just clueless. And you're like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. But when you find your footing, when you find that niche, it really is so rewarding. And then you definitely have more direction and you know where you want to go with it. It it shines through when you're comfortable in your own voice and your own skin. And obviously in this competition, you can see in the results that people that know their voice and they know what they're comfortable with are doing better than just the conventional I could sing any song person you know I'm I want to say that I'm in that category I'm I can sound you know when I'm singing songs I can I can morph my voice to sound like that person but for the but right now when I'm looking at this scoring is the people that don't actually sound like the person that sounds like themselves those are the people who are making making headway in this competition. So I don't know. I'm just exactly, exactly. I completely agree with you. And you know, um, that's where the creativity comes into play because so many people are like in the chats. I mean, in the beginning, they were in the chats uh, talking amongst themselves or their group, and they were like, "I'm just concerned about not sounding enough like the original." And I was like, "That's where right. you're going wrong because." We don't want you to sound like the original. Yeah, we want the pitch and the timing to be, you know, you know, uh, close to the original. But as far as like embodying it and making it your own and your own unique twist, you know, the sky's the limit mm-hmm. with that. You can just do whatever you want and make it your own and spice it up any way that you want. Like I've seen a lot of entries that are nothing like their original. For instance, you had an entry that I will always remember in the Star Wars competition, Madonna's Music, and that is a pop (laughs) song, and you turned it into, like, a heavy metal grunge song, and I was just, I was taken aback by it, because that's, I've never heard that song. And Madonna's your girl. But when I, yeah, and Madonna's (laughs) my queen. You know, Madonna's my queen, you know that shit, but when I heard you, when I heard you singing that song and like that, (laughs) I was like, you go girl like hells yeah like i loved it and that's what we want to see we want to see you step outside the box and just say you know fuck it i'm gonna do what i want you know it's about what you want to do don't don't constrict yourself to what the original artist is doing because then you're limiting yourself and we do not want you to limit yourself under any circumstances right i i also tell people that um talk to me online you know 
you know, when they're asking me for advice, what should I do, whatever, the first thing that you should do is do something that you'll be proud of. Whether you win or lose, whether you're eliminated or not, you still have those songs in your playlist. And you can go back and listen to those songs over and over and over again. So if you, even if you made like, say, say you, you know, you did well, you got all the extra points and you're going on with your week and you're doing good. But if you can't sit down and like and just listen to your recordings and and enjoy your recordings then it's not even you know what what was it worth i mean cuz that's what it's about it's about we're we're here to inspire you to create masterpieces of your own something that you could be proud of something that after the competition's long and gone and we're already in disney you know you could go back and be like mm. I wonder what I did in the 80s and and just enjoy yourself. So point blank, just enjoy what you're doing before you even start thinking, oh, man, I got to make it to next week. (laughs) (laughs) I know, exactly. Like I always say, it is not about the destination. It's about the journey. Right. You you don't need to put so much emphasis on if, you know, am I going to survive another week? What you need to be thinking about is I'm going to do the best to my ability to nail this song as best as I can and wish and wish and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And that's all you really can do. And, and just take every single week, read through those commentaries, you know, absorb those commentaries because you don't just want to read them and say, ah, fucked. And they don't know what they're talking about. What the right. fuck are they? And, and I feel like there are some competitors that are that way. And that is such an injustice to not only us, but themselves, because we do listen to these entries. We do listen to every single one from beginning to end. And we see, you know, we see the strengths and the weaknesses within these entries. And we only want the best for them. And we want to give them encouragement and positivity. So uh, it's really important that they take that and they implement that into their future com- uh, entries. Because if they do that, they're going to see so much growth. And I feel like a lot of the competitors that we have mentioned, they have done that. Like you can tell that they have that they have read that commentary probably numerous times Mm because they're like, what am I doing wrong here? And it's really showing in the consistency of their scores because they are staying, they are staying, you know, near the top because they are, you know, keeping things fresh also doing new things and not just sticking to one thing just because it's easy. You know, they got to branch out and that's why I did the five layer minimum starting week, you know, four and beyond because we want to see, yeah, it is kind of terrifying. And I do realize some of the competitors said, no, I can barely even do three, but you know what? It's a competition at the end of the day and it has to be competitive. If it wasn't difficult or challenging, it wouldn't be a competition in the first place. So we got to keep throwing a little bit of monkey wrenches in there and keep you guys on your right. toes, you know? Challenging yourself. Cause I mean, that was the whole reason why I even joined the competition to begin with was because I was getting stagnant and just sounding like other artists. I didn't, I, I was tired of just singing the same songs. So, you know, after being on Smule for about, you know, for how long, ever long you're on Smule, you end up singing all the songs that you want to sing. 
So you're like, okay, what, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna open another song that I sang like four months ago. I don't know, man. You know, so that's why I was like, man, let me join a competition. One, it's because I kind of want to rank myself. I want to know where I'm at, opposed to you know other people in in the world, you know. But also because I wanted to challenge myself, you know. I wanted to 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 have a platform where I can get help, but I also can experiment outside of my comfort zone you know i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and sing um what's my favorite person to sing i, I like to sing chris cornell like a <laughs> lot I, li- I listen to a awesome. lot of rock like i like to sing awesome. rock songs and but at the same time rock songs you know after you're singing them for for you know a month two months three months you know if you're singing every day like i do you know <laughs> like you know after a couple of months you're just you know it's 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 the same you know and you're not growing yeah. because now okay now you got the grunge rock voice yeah okay good job but what are you doing with it you know so exactly I, and there's, and there's some competitors, I'm sorry, there's some competitors that I remembered when I had posted like a note about questions that you have for future podcasts. And one of them that sticks out is what are our favorite effects to use when we sing? And probably mine is Super Studio because I just think it sounds mm-hmm. the best. And I always do Super Studio 44. Okay. 40 with the room and 40 with the reverb. I mean, some people have joined me and they said, what the fuck? I sound so echoey. Like, I think it just has to do with their head, their ear pods or their headphones or whatever devices they use. But for me personally, I really love Super Studio and that's the effect that I really love. What about you? See, that's a good one. Um, And it really depends on the song. See, that's where I do try to sound like the song. Um, some, you know, some songs, they, it's, it's, it, and it, it also depends if I'm doing an acoustic version or if I'm doing a, uh, a, a live band version. Cause it, so if I'm doing acoustic, most likely I'm probably going to go with super studio about the same 40, 40, because you want that, you want that echo especially when there's no other instruments involved. But if I'm doing like a pop, like, you know, just like, you know, a silly kind of song or whatever, sometimes I'll drop some of that reverb because I really want, I might do like super studio, but I might do like 35 on reverb and like 15 on, I mean, 35 on the room and 15 on the reverb because I want uh I want that more I want my voice to pop more out of the arrangement. That, that's a hard question. That's a, I, I got to sit down and think about that one cuz that that I do <laughs> I do switch it up especially in different styles of music too. I I will switch it up but I don't know. I, yeah, I got to get back to you on that one. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is a it is a really hard question. It all has to boil down to preference because there is really no such thing as using the wrong uh, yeah. you know, filter or effect. It all depends on like what sounds good with your voice because everyone's voice doesn't mm-hmm. sound the same. So what may sound great for one person may not sound good for another. So like you say, you're always like with your acoustic, you do things differently. Um, 
And that's perfectly fine because, you know, it, it really depends on the song and, and what the artist is going for. Because some people will do the grunge effect on the Nirvana songs because their genre is grunge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and they want it to sound more authentic to the genre that they're singing. And that's perfectly fine. And also, um, you know, it, it just boils down to preference and not to, like, go off subject. I do this a lot because, you know, my OCD or whatever. But I just wanted to thank you for joining me on the Cardigans oh, Luffle. You sounded amazing. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I didn't want to not thank you on the air because when I saw that you joined me, I was like, oh my God, Angel joined me. And yeah, I, I was excited. I started like crying kind of like I told you I get emotional when people join me that I know. You know, when people when people join me that I don't know, I get emotional too. But when you actually know somebody, like you get even more emotional because you're like, oh my God, they love me. They really, really love me. Oh, yes. You know? I, I, I try like I... You know, we, we have a finite amount of time during the day and we want to grace everybody, you know, with with, you know, adding their joints. But I have to be inspired. And and when I you always pick the songs that I want to do and I'll bookmark like 10 of your songs and I'll be like, oh. I can't I can't <laughs> get through all these today, but I like I said, we share that brain, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so anybody out there, if we don't join your songs, don't get offended. It's just that, you know, there's so many good songs that we want to join. We just we just got to find that inspiration. So just, you know, to all y'all out there that are like, Vinny doesn't ever join my songs, you know? <laughs> we We want to. Well, Vinny has a fucking cop to run, so I don't have a lot of fucking time, girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to call a student right? and just say that I do not have time. Like, girl, the only time that I have is literally when I open my OCs, and that's it. Like, And I do them really quickly. If you go on there, you'll see a lot of them are, like, from three hours ago. Like, they're back-to-back, -back, and I do them in one take. And I'm a one -take you're online I don't go back to us, and you're fixing sheets, and you're doing dinner and i know i know <laughs> oh yeah girl I, di I didn't even mention i didn't even mention my housewife duties that i have <laughs> i i already cooked dinner i have laundry going i did the dishes i fed the animals i have to clean out the kitty litter <laughs> they're so fucking disgusting oh i love them but i hate right. them i love them because they're loyal but i hate them because they fucking stink <laughs> so <laughs> If we can only yeah. just like eliminate the pooing aspect, then you know they're good. Exactly, and I prefer the dogs because they're outside and I right? smell their shit. But then when I but then when I go outside, I smell their shit. But it's not the same thing because I can just go back inside and be like, I don't got to smell that <laughs> shit, you know. <laughs> but with the cats, but when the cats, it's in right? like it's in the house. Like when you walk, when I walk downstairs. I know they have a fucking present for me in the kitty litter box. You know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about right? that. Right? <laughs> Do you ever see those cats yeah. that like go in the toilet? Like, is that real? Like, can you train your cat to just go in the toilet? It is very real and people do train their animals, but I think that is utterly disgusting because I'm not trying to be mean, but animals are nasty <laughs> yeah. and um, it's true. They're, they're gross. Like I love them, but I'm not, what really grosses me out is when people have their dogs and they're like practically making out with them and they're licking like inside their mouth. That grosses the shit out of me. <laughs> that grosses me out to no end. I think it's disgusting. I mean, I know you're supposed to love your animal, but you don't got to make out with it. That's nasty. And you I'm know sorry. what? We, we like, the dog has a nasty mouth. You could you you can see 
that the dog is, you know, eating its own poop sometimes, you know, whatever. But what people don't realize is our mouths are nasty too. Like if if we bite oh, yeah. somebody and we draw blood, then they could get infected. Like, you know, we brush our teeth, but dang, we got some nasty mouths. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I've actually read studies where toilet bowls are cleaner than the human yes, mouth, and I don't dispute that. I don't dispute that because you're flushing it, and clean water is going in there, so it's kind of you know flushing out the bacteria. So I don't think that's. Uh, you know, an unrealistic study because, you know, the human mouth is nasty, but, you know, I still love kissing and stuff. I still love the intimacy, but, you know, right. we got, we got to be truthful about right. the situation. I'll, swip, I'll swap it. nastiness with another nasty mouth. I, you know, but dogs, you I just, the mental noted, like, I know your mouth is nasty. <laughs> yeah exactly and i don't want people listening to think that i hate my animals because really they are my world i love them i feed them you know i make sure that they're taken care of i show them love i you know i do so much for them but at the end of the day i just i don't want them licking my face or licking me because you know there's just so many germs and i just i'm kind of a germaphobe in a way so you know <laughs> it it's crazy it i don't have any pets and i you know like when i was a kid like i had hamsters so i never really had like you know a big buddy to like well i did have a cat once and it and that cat was my world but and then i'm just gonna say this out there if you if you declaw your cat, it just is not a good idea. One, it's just painful. It's not it's not the cat's intentions. I know some people have to. They got to do what they got to do. But I mean, so my cat went outside and I wasn't supposed to go outside and a raccoon got to my cat and I could not get another cat after that. I was just like... I should have never done that. Oh yeah. no! So 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 she had died because she, she really couldn't, couldn't defend, defend herself. herself yeah. as well, it was just. Oh well, you know that is horrible. But we're all human at the end of the day, and um, you know that's that's really tragic. I couldn't imagine having that happen to my animal. I also but, lived in Louisiana you know, really too. Sorry, but... It wasn't like I was in an apartment complex oh, wow. <laughs> or anything. I was in the woods, so like you know, I should have never done that, knowing that my cat was in an environment where raccoons are available and ready to fight whatever is in its territory so but at the oh my god that's mm -hmm, crazy i i wasn't smart but i was just like you know like everybody told me that it was the best thing to do and i was you know i was a first cat owner and i didn't know anything so i went and did the procedure and i just what 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 I should have done was kept the back claws and then you know but you yeah what anyways that's a depressing yeah. route I don't want to go there <laughs> well you know what I I have a sad story too that when I was really young my mom's um ex-boyfriend he would always get on me about cleaning my mouse's cage because I had a pet mice when I was really <laughs> young and I was really a child and you can't really expect children to be as, you know, um, what's the word a on top of things. Right. As an adult We're not be. responsible uh, because they're still, yeah. Cause they're still children. So we keep getting on me need to clean that cage. It's disgusting. You know? And then one day I, you know, I went over to, you know, see my, my mouse and 
it was dead. And I really feel like he killed, he murdered my mouse because uh, her, her ex-boyfriend used to physically abuse me and mm. mentally, emotionally abuse me as well. So I think to get back at me, he murdered my, my mice. So that was, and then how I knew he did it is that when I was crying, um, he put it outside in the rain, it was raining, put it outside in the cage in the rain and said, let the fucking oh cat my get gosh. So that when he said that, so when he said that, I knew that he did it. Like there was no question about it. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really, really horrible. Um but but not to switch gears here. Well, I'm actually <laughs> gonna switch gears, but <laughs> you know, with the whole coronavirus going on and people having to be confined to their houses and not being able to do things that they took for granted at one time. How have you been coping with this? Because I know it can be really difficult. What are some things that you have been doing to cope oh, with this? My goodness. And it's funny that you asked this because even today I had to resort back to, you know, just my coping mechanisms because I was going to go crazy today. Anyways, <laughs> um, one of the like one of the things I and just discussing with other people that um I talk to online, one of the things that is very helpful is just taking a walk outside. I know you're you're only allowed to go outside for only a certain period of time and only for exercise or if you're going to the store or if it's an emergency, but take advantage of that quote unquote exercise and just Go outside, take a walk, see the sun. Like today, like we have, like I'm in here, I'm over here, close to Seattle, Washington, and um, it's sunny, it's bright, it's beautiful. You know, going outside just for a couple of seconds, and then after that, because you only got a couple of seconds to do it before you know you got to run back inside because of the zombie apocalypse. So when I go back inside. Knowing that I have individuals that I could talk to that's going through the same thing is something about when you're in a pot of shit with somebody else, it doesn't really feel like a pot of shit anymore. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Misery loves company. Like I can come. I can completely relate to that. Definitely. So having this community here, having, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to sing a song. It's cool. You know, I'm going to join my friend here or whatever, you know, joining you just that stuff just gave me joy. And it kind of was a great distraction from real life, from what's really going on in the world. And the this community here has really distracted me from, you know, like not being able to go out and make friends. You can't, you know, you can't go like, oh, I'm single. I'm going to go out and join a singles group. You can't do that. You know, you just, oh, yeah. I mean, so. Yeah, but honey, you don't want to. Though. You don't want that <laughs> right. fucking coronavirus. So. Right? <laughs> just, just make it virtually, girl. Be smart. <laughs> just, right? And I just, you know, it's, it's one thing to just, you know, when you're, you, I mean, just knowing that you've got other people that are going through the same exact thing that is sitting there and using that community as a distraction. It's just like misery loves company. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not miserable anymore because I do have the company, you know? 
Exactly. And a lot of people are, are a little too serious about the coronavirus. Like I understand it's like very, you know, serious, but they, they start to attack people that use humor and people don't realize that people use yes. humor to cope. I know that I do. I know that I use humor to cope because if I like, if I really like, um, took it seriously and I kind of absorbed everything the way that some people do, then my anxiety, my depression would be, mm-hmm. you know, unmanageable. It would be like at a point where it would just be dangerous. So I try to find humor in everything because that is what helps me cope with yeah, the situation, yeah. you know? And as you were saying about having the community and everything, I completely agree because, you know, being able to get on your phone, open the line app and see all your messages, all your friends that are messaging you, everyone mm-hmm. that's counting on you. It gives you a sense of purpose and it gives you a sense of validation because you know that you're important and you know that, you know, you're doing something for people that they enjoy. And it just it feels good to do that. But also it feels great just to have everybody that's involved in this thing, everybody that's coming together from all over the world that want to be in the competition that want to sing that want to have fun and it really is incredible and without the competitors we wouldn't have anything so i just want to take the time to thank all the competitors that joined this competition and made it possible so thank you from the bottom of my heart i really yes, really appreciate yes i mean w- could you imagine if we didn't have the virus would would we even have this thriving community going on because i know last competition for star wars me personally i did not um and i did not in like dive into the community like i did this competition one because you know i had stuff to do you know i mean and and sometimes you know life just you know will take over you might not be online for like two days or whatever because you know i remember last competition it the 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 chat the you know even though we did have you know, a couple of regular people who talked every day, but it wasn't as, as, uh, as, as, uh, what's the word for it? It wasn't as vibrant. It wasn't as, uh, as alive as it is this comp. And I really think it's because of the coronavirus. <laughs> I think because everybody's stuck at home, people don't really have things to do. You know, they clean their house like eight times already. They organize the closet already, you know, everything's put in their place. So it's like, I really think that, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm grateful for the coronavirus, but I am grateful that people can take a moment out of the daily grind to 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 spread love because I think we don't have we don't give ourselves enough time especially you know you're talking about depression you're talking about mental health you cannot you cannot you cannot heal from mental health if you're just sitting there doing the same grind. I got to go to work, got to go home, got to go work, got to go home. You know, it's just, so it's, it's kind of like, this is a, a breather, you know, for, for the world to just say, Hey, you know, let's just slow things down, take it back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And you were touching um, on the fact that Star Wars wasn't as vibrant. And that may have to do with the fact that we That's didn't have true teen rooms in yeah, Star Wars, if you yeah. remember. So people may feel more connected to, to the competitors simply for the fact that they got to sing songs with them mm-hmm. each week. So 
they're a little more tight than they would have been if they didn't have that. And, you know, I'm thinking of doing the the team rooms for the 90s, too, because people really seem to enjoy them. And, you know, Madame Fox wants to do the group songs again. <laughs> um, yes. But, yeah, I want to... <laughs> Yeah, I want to touch on also how you said about the coronavirus, how you feel like people are be are more invested because of the coronavirus. And I feel like that may be true because, like you said, this may be the one thing that brings them a sense of relief and a sense of just, um, you know, relaxation. Because in a, in a world full of chaos, what's going on out in the world right now and, you know, people losing their jobs and being laid off and not being able to make the necessary money to pay bills and all of that. Uh, music yeah. is really a healing tool that can make all it all that melt away with just singing a three minute song like it's amazing what it can do and it completely changed my mood around just singing those 20 songs that I did earlier um, it, because I wasn't able to release for like weeks like yeah I do my judges challenge every week but it's not the same because I want to be able to you know open my OCs and have everybody join mm-hmm. me you know what I mean and when I'm able to do that, I feel like I'm more in my element. I'm more happy. I'm more alive, more vibrant. So, yeah, um, definitely with this coronavirus going on, I do the music, uh, singing, and the competitions. That is what keeps me, you know, you know, functioning is definitely yeah, the comps and, and, and the music. Yeah, and just to add on that, just a sense of accomplishment. Because when you're, when you're stuck in the house and, you know, and yeah, there are real, like, there, you can't go to work. You're laid off. You know, everything is just, you know, crumbling around you. You don't know how, you know, things are going to happen next week. You know, you don't know if this is going to blow over or if you have another two months. You know, we just, we, we're kind of like in that position where, you know, all we could do is sit and wait. But when you ha- when you know, especially with those group projects, when you know that you have a a goal or something to accomplish, it actually just it it gives you more reason to get up in the morning. It gives you more reason to, you know, put on your best face. Because I tell you what, exactly this coronavirus, I've been bumming for a month. I don't know when was the last time I plucked my eyebrows. No, <laughs> girl. You know, you know, some people they're they're working on their fitness. They're they're utilizing their time in the correct manner. I can't say I have been doing the same. I kind of been letting go, but um, that's only between you, me, and whoever's listening. You know. <laughs> I haven't I haven't been doing good either, girl. So just to put your mind at ease and make you feel like you're not alone. You know, I was drinking Diet Dr. Pepper for a few weeks. Yeah, I liked it. But then I started drinking Pepsi again and eating M&Ms and eating ice cream. I shouldn't be. And I was losing weight, you know, a few pounds here and there. But I guess I too. all that. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's not going to bring me anything positive if I dwell on it. You know, all I can do is say, you know, it happened. And I just got to move on, you know, because... I I have a legitimate reason to do what I did. I mean, everything that's going on, my stress levels are through the roof because of what's going on with the coronavirus. Can't even go to the movies like I used to. I have to watch movies at home. It's not the same thing because I love that surround sound. I love that huge screen and I'm a huge movie buff. And I, you know, I'm not able to do that. I'm not able to go to dinner with my husband. So things that I, you know, held very dear to my heart, I can't even do anymore. So, you know, it's just really emotional. Ooh, since you've been talking about movies, I'm gonna just like throw in a fun fact for you. I wanted to know if you knew that in Empire Strike Back, 
Yoda's name was originally Buffy. <laughs> I'm so glad they changed that shit, girl. <laughs> and I, when I saw that, I was like, no. Yoda is... There's only one Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Thank you very much. <laughs> I I was taken aback. I'm like, Yoda is such a a referent name, and I didn't know. Like, is it is it really referent because of what what they what they made Yoda to be? Because if Yoda was Buffy, I I couldn't the e the e at the end. You know, like Buffy, like Vinny. Vinny makes me feel like you're friendly like you're you're someone i could come talk to you know a joey you know a jenny you know but yoda yoda's like ooh. i i didn't know that and that is a really amazing fact i have a great i have a great trivia fact for you that i read not too long ago and i thought it was impressive but did you know that molly reenwall Ringwald, she had a special talent in the Breakfast Club, and she could apply her lipstick with her breath. No, that what? yes, I read that. She I'm must have some big bazookas that. or something. <laughs> yeah, I read that, and I was just blown away by it. I was like, "That is amazing!" and and um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but I loved them. I love Freddy Krueger. Right. Those were all the rage in the 80s, you know, because Halloween, Halloween wasn't as huge in the 80s. That was more of a 70s thing, although hmm. Halloween 2 came out in 1981. But oh, yeah, the 80s belonged to Freddy Krueger and, and Jace and Jason from uh, from um, Friday the 13th. But I love scary <laughs> movies, um, if you didn't already know that. Um, <laughs> and um the the 80s were just there was so much like awesomeness and so much you know excess and everything and that that went not only for the music but the movies as well like what's one movie from the 80s that you watch often that mm. you never get tired let's see 80s movies that okay so i'm gonna be honest with you when i was a child I was raised in a very strict household, so we were not allowed to watch too many movies. So I might have to just go with Disney because that was like the only things that we were able. No, you know what? The never ending story, man. (laughs) Never ending story. Oh my god, that is my shit, girl. I watch that one often. Like I said, we share a fucking right? Falcor right? all the way. I mean, <laughs> weren't they like coming out with a new one, or did they already already came out with a new one? I think they were saying that they were going to re redo that movie. I think the real question you should be asking yourself why? is why the right? fuck are they messing why? with the masterpiece? <laughs> we're okay. Leave it know? alone. <laughs> Yeah, it's not necessary. Don't ruin what can what is already like, like redoing ET. Like, I say don't touch like, it. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it's cool oh, yeah, that you got, you know, we got the CGI <laughs> effects and everything. We can make it all. But sometimes it's like we got to sometimes we just got to remember where our roots are at. We got to remember where we came from, how far we've been. And if you redo everything to something that's, you know, updated, then how are we supposed to appreciate you know where we came from that's why i I like watching old movies even you know to this day 
And sometimes, you know, sometimes I really get into the story, but most of the time it's me analyzing like, ooh, I can see how they did that. Ooh, look at the string on that costume. Ooh, look at, you know, like it's because everything's CGI. So you can't see any of those like, you know, blatant like, oh man, you know, they they had to be creative with what they had. And I appreciate that. If you, you know, able to make a costume look to a certain degree, but with only like cloth with only, you know, feathers with only, you know, now we got CGI. Oh, you know, you need a longer beak. That's not possible. No, we'll just draw it in, you know, like. Exactly. And I'm glad that you brought that up because no disrespect towards CGI and computer generated effects and imagery, which I really love because it's really state of the art. And there are some films like, did you see a lot of uh, Alita Battle Angel came out a few years ago or last year? You need to check that out. The CGI in that movie. I did watch that. We have that movie, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Alita Battle Angel. It's so good. I, I loved it. I saw that in th- I saw it in theaters too, and I was just blown away by it. But like you said earlier about how they're taking advantage of their resources at hand because they didn't have CGI or computer graphics imagery back then, so they had to relay rely on animatronics or costuming and things that you know were very um, you know just at their disposal. And I really love that too. I love the fact that you can watch an older movie and you see how much effort right. goes into what they brought to the screen Mm -hmm. you know and that was without computers you know um i do love traditional effects another great one to mention is the latest it came out a few years ago mad max did you see mad max no the the last one with Charlize theron that was a you need to watch that because it is a throwback Mm -hmm. to the early 80s and 90s of action films because the director (gasps) did not use any cgi and if he did it was very it was very limited he wanted traditional effects so all the explosions all the chases all that oh my goodness and you need to watch that one it is incredible yes so yes put that on your list i think it was called fury road mad max fury road uh, let me look it up here. Yes, Fury Road. It came out in 2015, and it was incredible. Check it out. I went in theaters to see it like three times because I was just blown away by it. Um, <laughs> it was really, really good. I- I'm glad that you're talking about movies now because I just want to say really quick movies that I really enjoyed last year, this year. Did you see Parasite? It won like five Oscars. It's foreign film. Foreign film from um korea it was incredible oh my God, that's another one mm-hmm. you need to check out is parasite <laughs> yes write them down another movie that was amazing that flopped that did not do well was the last terminator dark fate i loved it it was okay amazing. so i don't care what anybody says i, I loved it a fun check, fact check about that terminator one out. it's really good <laughs> so oh, you know that it, that go. line i'll be back <laughs> It originally was written, I'll come uh-huh. back. Yeah. And he... oh, yes, I'll come back. That's, like, that's not as good. <laughs> I'll come back. And apparently maybe, you know, Arnold kind of knew that. So he's like, I'll be back. You know, it, it sounds more epic than I'll come back. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that I'm definitely glad that they went with I'll be back because it's just <laughs> so much more epic. 
Um, <laughs> another oh, movie yes. that I really love was Joker. Did you see The Last Joker? That really hit me in the feels because I deal with mental illness and just to see what he went through and the way he behaved and the way he interacted, it just really stroke a chord in me. Like just, it really, really impacted me when I saw it, it it really made me emotional because it was just so like raw and and real. And it just really hit me. That was a fantastic That is pretty much two dimensional. It's a comic, you know, and you're, you're turning this person into a real character, someone that you could believe actually existed in the real life. They really translated that. And, And I, I, I don't, I still can't, think of a movie on the top of my head to where they took a fictional character and turned him into something or her into something that that really you could believe you could sit there and believe okay I can understand this person's actions and the way that they're doing it because there is that I'm blown away I I appreciate that movie so much and how they portray the Joker and you know they tell you oh you're gonna sympathize with the Joker yeah yeah I'm gonna sympathize with the Joker but to see that he's a real like quote unquote real person a person that does face you know and it, of course it's the exaggeration and extreme of what can happen but there are some extreme people out there and when now you have like another glimpse of okay when you when you when you hear people doing some crazy shit in the world you you're like hmm i wonder if some bad shit happened to him like joker you know like <laughs> Exactly. And it just it just really had an impact on me. And another great film. I don't know if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, but I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. I just think his writing, his writing is amazing. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? That was really good. I'm still in the Kill Bill stages. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That is I think that's one of his best. Like, I I can't get enough of Kill Bill. But it's like oh, over it kind of the... gives me that. So ahead, you know, honey. like it kind of <laughs> gives me that. Um, and like you know, music, movies, things that tell a real story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy those those things more than just I'm gonna do a movie to make money or I'm gonna do a movie because this actor needs a role or you know, you could tell that this is he's a true storyteller and it's, it's going to be fresh and it's going to be new every time. I, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Oh yeah. It, you need to check out once upon a time in Hollywood. It's really, really good. And another really great one of 2019 um, was in my opinion, I really (laughs) loved Jojo rabbit. You need to see Jojo rabbit. It was so, it was so cute and not only was it cute, but it deals with a very serious subject matter, uh, you know, um, and I just, I really loved it. You know, it's about a lonely German boy who discovers that his single mother is hiding a Jewish girl. And it's just, it, it really forces you to, to kind of look within yourself and kind of reevaluate your prejudices and your biases and, and bigotry and, and, and racism and things of that nature. And I feel like it's, it's the kind of film that moves you. It makes you laugh and it makes you cry. But more, more, most importantly, it, it has a, 
a message behind it. And right. I love movies that have mm-hmm. a message behind them. Like they have something to say. It's it's definitely a film that has something to say. So um, that's another one I All recommend right. that you check out is Jojo Well, Robert. I have it's my movie so list amazing. for tonight. I'm going to be <laughs> watching those. I'm, I've always been yeah. just like, I've <laughs> awesome. always been really focused on music, you know, because I've always, I've never really had the time to to indulge in a lot of movies but now that we've got all the time in the world i need to be cultured (laughs) exactly and i i can't really say which one i like more music or movies because i do them very equally but i probably give the edge to music because without singing and, and doing music i wouldn't exist i would not really feel the need to exist if i didn't have music in my life but watching movies is is great it's great just to relax and forget about the world for a few hours and kind of get lost in the Mm -hmm. characters and the storytelling it's it's incredible oh well i do have some more fun 80s facts if um you're ready for another one all right so go for it did you know now i know we all like mickey d's right Right. <laughs> not the not the aftermath, not the shits. But when you eat them, yeah. When you when you, right, initially right, when right. you eat it, it's good. But the did aftermath, you know <laughs> that chicken McNuggets did not come on the scene until 1981. That's just crazy, right? Think that chicken nuggets. Came out in the 50s just, or 60s you know, or you would think that they yeah. no, they were just doing hamburgers and fries, and it wasn't until 1981 that they decided we're going to make chicken nuggets. I'm not sure if they're real chicken nuggets. You know, I mean, you know, McDonald's is McDonald's, right? You know, like, but yes, because I remember, you know, like even like my nieces and nephews, you know, every time I would bring kids, you know, or, or, you know, even when I was a kid, man, chicken nuggets, I like, you could, I'll eat a hamburger, you know, I'll eat a cheeseburger, but, I will go crazy over some chicken nuggets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if it was in the 80s or if it was in the 70s, but a lot of fast food restaurants yeah. used to have popcorn as like a kind yeah, they used to have like popcorn where you, you know, in their in their you know establishments that you would just eat it like while you you know ordered your food or whatever, which I find really odd because now popcorn is very associated with movies. Now right? I would not think that they'd be in you know fast food restaurants. Huh. Oh, the pop, so see, like when, yeah, when I think of popcorn, <laughs> I automatically think of movies. I automatically think of like um, a fair, you know, but fast food no like that i mean i i go to like some of these restaurants that give you peanuts you know before you're waiting for your meal but then maybe because popcorn fills you up and they were like oh hell no no we're not giving them free popcorn they're gonna they're gonna buy something yeah and when i go to the movies here where i live with my husband we we have a particular you know movie theater that we go to that we frequent and you usually i tell him i want a soda and popcorn but he always tells me you're gonna regret it babe you know what that popcorn does to your stomach and mm-hmm. each and every time it's the butter it makes it get it makes my stomach cramp and i have to shit <gasps> and it makes me sick for the oh, rest no! of the day like for the rest of the day and 
I don't know why I do it. My like, my thing it. about popcorn <laughs> is getting stuck uh, in my teeth. Like I have an issue. Like that's why I don't like I don't I don't get caramel. I don't get anything like candied apples or anything that gets stuck in my teeth. I have a complex with that. Like popcorn, it I mean, I have to really be craving it in order to get popcorn. I will get french fries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you about that. I, I hate eating food that gets stuck in my teeth. One food that I hate even more than why well, I don't hate popcorn. I love popcorn. But one thing that I really hate right? eating, it, it tastes good. But have you have you ever eaten a Butterfinger? <laughs> they are hell to get out of your teeth. Oh, my goodness, girl. Right? It's torture. You're like, oh my God, yes. I can't go in public after eating a fucking Butterfinger because they're going to think I have like meth mouth or I have rotten And then it's that it's crazy all, it's orange all over your color fucking teeth too. So your... it's not like, it's not like, oh, you got a little spinach yeah. in your teeth. It's obvious that it's something that, no, it's this orange color that makes your teeth look like, yeah, you know, plaque from 30 years ago, still stuck on your teeth, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you have plaque from two decades right? ago on your fucking teeth yeah, for the I world to see. I can't do Butterfingers either, even yeah. though I do love Butterfingers. And sometimes, like, if it's in, the, like, an ice cream, then I'll deal with it. Because, like, the ice cream kind of helps with the stickiness. But other than that, I can't just, like, sit there and just be like, mm, Butterfinger, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I just, you know, I like them, but I don't like what they do to my teeth and having to like get them out of the, all the crevices of my teeth. Right? It's, just, it's a chore. <laughs> I got another fun fact for you. Yeah. So. Okay, go for it. I wanted to go kind of back to, you know, we have um, several different groups. T- teenage, before I even go into this fact, good job on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Not only are their participants ranking high this week, but they had that group song this week. They have been killing it. Good job, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, for killing it on week three. You guys have dominated. So, like, I think Beavenator is part of that group. We've got some some high-level, you know, contestants in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I don't know what y'all doing in that room, but I might have to sit there and learn. I don't know. Oh, the rooms are closed. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, I could have learned, but I, I, I missed out on my chance. But good job to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And But my fun fact is actually about Jem and the Holograms. So Jem and the Holograms are actually based on a real scientist, and her name is Jerika benton and she was studying how to do holograms so yeah wow right (laughs) that is interesting (laughs) yeah it's a really interesting fact love jim and the holograms (laughs) i like the music it was so cheesy but catchy you couldn't help but like it because it was catchy (laughs) i wanted to also congratulate the Ninja Turtles, uh, Beavenator, Vinny, um, Sunshine Lady is in there, uh, Artemis, um, Kitty Cat. Uh, you guys did an incredible group song. Um, it was fantastic to listen to you guys. And you guys worked well as a team. And you, j- you guys managed to deliver a really incredible entry. And that goes for the other teams that, you know, scored mm-hmm. in the top three that got that bonus point. Um, 
I just wanted to congratulate you guys. <laughs> I got to give him. Did you know that E.T. was the highest grossing film of the 80s before Jurassic Park came along? Well, I could imagine that. I could, I, you know, E.T. was, ugh, it sparked the imagination of everybody. So I could, that, that, I, I probably would put money on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to do a quick game of this or that. I'll give you the option between two things and you pick which one you prefer. And then if you'd like, you can ask me some. Are you ready? Okay. Dog or cat? I'm going to go. Ooh. That's so hard. I'm going to go with cat <laughs> because okay. I don't have to do so much. It's like it's self-sufficient. <laughs> yeah, true. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. <laughs> Good choice. Why? Why? I think YouTube because um, Netflix gives me entertainment, but YouTube has entertainment. It has everything: entertainment, real life. You know, I could learn things. I could craft things. I could, you know, generate new ideas. Where Netflix is just. Here's a show. Here's another show. And even though it's more production and it's more effort put in there, like, like I just, I just, you just could get a lot more out of YouTube. I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good, good answer. That makes a lot of sense. Phone call or text? This is the good one. Okay. Text. But if it's on like. If it's like something serious, you better call me about it. Like if you're breaking up with me, you better not do that in the text, <laughs> right? You like you better True. call me and you better cuz I want to be able to just say my piece too. But if it's like, "Oh, you know, um let me tell you what happened to this girl down the street." You don't have to call me for that. You can just text me cuz I really don't have a response and I'm not going to have a response. And if I do, I could text you the response back. But yeah, ninety percent <laughs> text. Awesome. Okay, toast our eggs. Uh, so I just recently stopped eating eggs. So, um, do oh, I? <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love eggs, but you know, and toast is not really that good for you either. But I'd rather do the toast than the eggs because eggs are really not good for you. Okay. Facebook or Twitter? No, no, no. <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably go with Facebook because you could just like there. A lot of my my family, a lot of my you know old contacts, they still use Facebook to see what's going on in my life. So, um, Twitter, not so much. Twitter is is kind of like. Um, for you know the friends of mine they use Twitter as like this is my outlet to bitch so Facebook is more like <laughs> look at my you know six year old birthday party isn't it so great so you know like so yeah Facebook okay um, snow, uh, ice cream cone or snow cone see this is hard okay ice cream cone or snow cone um Ice cream. Yeah, ice cream cone. Mm -hmm. I'd have to go with ice cream, too. Do you got uh, any fun ones for me before we wrap it up? <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, I Okay. Let's see. 
Now I see, I knew you were going to do this and I still didn't come up with any. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather um, this or that? Would you rather coffee or tea? Tea, because I don't like the taste of coffee, so I'll go with tea. Okay, okay. (laughs) Um, Would you rather have um, potato chips or crackers? Mm. Potato chips. I love potato chips, so I'm going to go with that. I should have went potato chips or corn chips, but they're kind of like the same. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably still. Yeah, they're they're like the same snack, whatever. Um, let's see. Okay, so, um, now I'm looking around my place to see like what would I rather have in here. Like, <laughs> um, okay, so would you rather be um on top of everyday's fashion updates, everything like that, or would you rather be a person that is um that's not into everything but people respect your opinion more hmm probably i would like to be in a position where people uh, respect my opinion more even though i'm in need of a fashion maker <laughs> I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, if I try to think of another one, then it's, I think we've already gone like past an hour. So <laughs> we have, we have, and you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting really hungry and I got to yeah. eat dinner. <laughs> so I wanted to thank you for joining oh, me. Thank you for it having me. It was a pleasure. I feel like we not only got to touch on the competition, but we got to just talk about, you know, real life things. And I think that's really important, especially for the listeners, too. Um, yeah. Good luck on all your week four entries, everybody. And we're looking forward to hearing them. Um, love you guys so much. And thanks again, Angel, for another amazing episode of Back to the 80s. And we'll see you all again for a future episode. Have a great day.